Welcome to Salcedo Paranormal. It is Thursday, January 19th, 2023. And tonight I'm reviewing more stories from H.P. Lovecraft, The Complete Fiction. As always, you can find all the episodes of the show, along with links to social media and other ways to contact me, at the podcast page. And that is salcedoparanormal.podbean.com. That's S-A-L-S-I-D-O paranormal.podbean.com Always happy to hear from you all whether you have comments or questions or topic suggestions or stories of paranormal experiences whether they're your own or from others that you trust happy to either read those or have you join me on the show to talk about them and uh, so the plan for tonight is to get through I have six of these stories here uh, lined up uh, to talk about here and uh, so that's what we'll be doing tonight. Next week will be uh, the usual Sunday, and uh, Tuesday will be True Paranormal Stories from the Web. Monday and Wednesday will be um, Paranormal News, and then next Thursday we'll uh, see what happens. We we have something planned out, if it works, but uh, I always like to keep that open because you never know when plans change. So it'll be a review of some kind, um, book review, comic book review something along those lines so um i think that takes care of everything so i think with that i can get to the stories here as i always say with lovecraft um there are aspects to his stories that are uh, a bit behind the times um to say the least and uh also the writing is much better than i'm able to just describe here so definitely check out the stories though for to get all the details on the concepts that I will um, be pointing out in the, in these shows, because that's the part that isn't the most interesting to me is these paranormal concepts that he uh, includes in all these stories of his. So that's why I'm doing this whole series is to talk about those connections between the, um, the real world, whatever that is. And then um, things that people come up with or people that, Things that people are um, maybe g given in their dreams, or just however, however that works. So um, let me get to the first story here, and then invert the colors because it's a white background on the screen. There we go. Okay, this first story I'm going to talk about here is called the Silver Key. Um, now, another thing to mention, too, in this book, apparently it's not organized in terms of chronological order, and many of these stories connect, so definitely recommend looking into that more. There are characters that are in multiple stories, and there are also multiple stories that should be read in a certain order, but in this book, they were not. <laughs> so, um, I will just be focusing on the individual stories, and... Uh, Maybe at some point I'll go back and uh, do a little review of the whole, the, each sequence, if possible. But, um, but yeah, so let's see here. This story, let's see, I gotta find the plot section. Okay, <clears throat> here we go. This story uh, follows a, a character that has appeared and does appear in some of uh, Lovecraft stories, uh, Randolph Carter. And he finds, as he's getting older, uh, reaches the age of 30, um, that he's gradually lost the ability to 
or the key to the gate of dreams. Um, uh, because as a as a younger person, as a kid, maybe even he was able to um, have much more vivid and frequent dreams, uh, and he is losing that ability. Says he used to, he used to believe that um, life was nothing but pictures and memory, whether they're from real life or dreams, which is an interesting concept. Um, and he says he he highly preferred his nightly night his dreams basically over the um basically real life and uh he thinks and this is all kind of from his point of view here he thinks that um dreams reveal truths missing from uh, the waking life so regarding the purpose of humans and the universe uh so and especially as it's related to the idea of beauty as it's uh basically in human terms. So um he finds that uh over time he so he's losing his ability to dream, apparently. And uh so let's see here. So he eventually uh goes back into goes into seclusion to try to figure all this out. And because of this, apparently, his um dreams start to show up again just a little bit and um but he's still not able to visit the same places he had when he was younger so during one of these dreams uh his grandfather who has already passed tells him about a silver key in the attic of his the grandfather's house uh that has strange symbols on it which Carter finds and takes with him. Oh, apparently this is in Carter's house. I'm sorry. Um, and so Carter finds us in his own attic and takes it with him on, on this journey. So here you have this possible contact with his grandfather, or if you want to be more skeptical, some other entity or part of his own mind, which all are interesting ideas. Um, but he takes the key and travels back to his childhood home, uh, back in uh, northeastern Massachusetts, of course, where a lot of love, Lovecraft stories are set. And uh, he finds this cave that he used to play in, and somehow the, the cave lets him return to his childhood as a 10-year-old boy. And the adult, the, the current Randolph Carter, vanishes so here we have possibly a time anomaly here a reality disruption something um and so the story then starts talking about how randolph's relatives had noticed that around 10 years old he'd get he'd um acquired this ability to <laughs> glimpse events in his future so yes, definitely time-related here. Um, and the narrator of the story, which is at this point the young boy growing up to a man again, kind of, and he says he expects to see Randolph, the older Randolph Carter, um, in his dreams. And so, um, 
so yeah, this is a, a odd story here, but really amazing. Um, and uh, the so the key again is also part of this dream realm, but also maybe possibly a connection to the mysteries of all of the universe or reality. So that's basically where that story ends. Really, um, amazing story there with just all the all the ideas and concepts playing together in there. I really like like that story a lot. So, um, so that's the first one I wanted to talk about tonight. And uh, let's see here. We'll see how many of these we get through because we're already seeing it's like ten minutes into the stream. So I'd rather not go for two hours if I can help it. So we'll get through what we can. Um, so that's the first story here. Now, this next story is also featuring Randolph Carter. So this is, but this is um, him as an adult. And apparently it talks about a, this event that happened to him. Uh, and it's, let's see here. Um, looking at the plot here. Okay. So this is all a story that is this character's statement on events that happened to him, uh, and the and a friend of his. So, um, and basically the reason for the statement is authorities found found Carter wandering through uh, this swampland in a state of shock. So Carter starts to explain what happened and the disappearance of his friend uh, goes by the last name of Warren. So Warren has found a book written in an unknown language and uh, but he was able to figure some of it out apparently but he never revealed it to Carter and um, mentions that Warren has, has other strange books as well. So um, apparently from this book, Warren figures out that there are doors and or stairways that exist between the surface world and the underworld. So he convinces Carter to go with him to the location of one of these portals. Now, underworld, the, the meaning of that there is, it means both things. It means this world, subterranean world, but also sort of a, a, a world of the the dead or the or the the basically just the unknown kind of thing. Um, so they find this ancient graveyard uh, near a swamp, and Warren finds a tomb and opens it to reveal a stairway that goes into the the ground, and he le- he. Um, Warren goes into this stairway, but tells Carter to stay back. And um, so Warren goes down with uh, uh, with a lantern, but eventually both he and the lantern light fade away. And um, but they're able to communicate through this wire, telephone wire kind of contraption. Um, so Carter uh, is listening for si- signs of Warren. Warren starts to make, um, to, to talk, and um, eventually he's trying to describe the, this whole underground world. And 
um, tells Carter to, to run, to get away from there. So Carter calls to Warren down the line. Um, and then there's this other voice that shows up telling Carter that Warren is dead. So something or someone apparently may have gotten Warren. So that's basically how that story ends. Um, and then, of course, the, it goes back to the beginning of the story, which is where um, Carter was just driven mad by this whole experience and found uh, by others in the area after. So, um, amazing story, very well, well written in terms of the suspense and everything. Better than I can do in a summary here, like I always say. But um, I'm definitely starting to see all the patterns in his stories now, Lovecraft stories now. It's gotten to the point now where I feel like I can usually tell how a story is is going to... Yes, there we go, PDG. You fool, Warren is dead, yes. That is correct. That is what the story says, too. And what the voice says in the story. Um, but, uh, yeah, so amazing story there. Uh, classic kind of horror a story ending. But yeah, I'm starting to notice I can usually tell what general path the story is going to follow now that I've listened to so many of them. Which in a way is good, but in a way is not so good. <laughs> but it's still there's still amazing, amazing stories there. So um so moving on to the next stories. I guess we can get through at least one more. Probably at least another few more, we'll see. Um but so let's see here. This next one is called The Strange High House in the Mist. And um, the story follows uh, Thomas Olney, who is a uh, philosopher that is visiting a, a town in Kingsport, Massachusetts, with his family. Um, and he notices this strange house on a cliff overlooking the ocean. Um, and it appears to be very old and very high up on the cliff. And, um, the people in the area do not like the place, which no one, um, but no one has apparently, has apparently visited there. <clears throat> so only climbs th this, uh, cliff or this, uh, yeah, this cliff approaches, approaches the house and finds, um, he's invited into the place by, a mysterious man that that lives there. So, the only door to the house, though, opens directly on the sheer cliff. And so, all you can see through the doorway is uh, this drop-off. The, um, the man in the house actually lets the narrator only in through a window. And so... There is, um, this old man starts to talk about the history of the area, and, um, and then this, uh, there's this other encounter that happens there. It's very vague, um, but, uh, and there's, it's only basically, uh, won't talk about what happened when he comes back. And, uh, part of it is because apparently, he is, he's come back with only part, a small part of his spirit. 
the rest has been left behind in this old house. So, um, very well, again, just the story is so much better to read it and uh, get the full experience on that one. The summary is only so good because of that. But uh, it's almost like a uh, sort of a haunted house kind of story in a way. So, and uh, yeah, really amazing story there as well. So, also, uh, <laughs> Logan is, has joined me on the chair here. So, but, uh, so this next one is called The Street. This is another one of those where it's very much, the story is in the writing. And it talks about this history of a street in a New England city. Um, doesn't say for sure, but it's presumed to be thought to be Boston. And it talks about it's basically the history of the, of the street from the times it was established um, back in the uh, pre-Revolutionary War days to its history all the way up through um, World War One. And it talks about how this the city grows up around the street and everything changes. Um, so, and it talks about that change, those changes in the people that live there, um, to the people that just visit there. Um, so it's really an amazing just description of life on the street, um, the life life of the people there, according to this somewhat conscious version of a entity that is just the whole environment itself. So, um, very, uh, very amazing story. And there's, uh, also, there's just, it's very, very well done there. I'm not going to try to describe this one anymore. I think it's, uh, just uh, definitely recommend checking it out. So, there is a um, an event that happens in the story uh, about this group of um, people that are plotting the destruction of of the, the the country on Independence Day on the Fourth of July. And but when the days when the day arrives, the people gather. Um, but before they can get started, all the houses in the in the street uh, collapse on top of each other. I forgot about this part here just because of how the story is written it flows very well very fast but um so these houses all collapse on the people that were going to do all this and so it's almost like the street defends itself and the country itself too uh from these people and others in the area that saw everything happen uh they they say that after this these all these houses collapsed these observers saw visions of the trees and the rose gardens that had been there on the street before everything had started to change. So, um, amazing story as well, going to the idea of do places have minds of their own in a way, um, or at least some kind of presence. And uh, in extreme circumstances, can they fight back when they know that there's something about to happen. So, uh, another great story as well there. 
So let's see what the next one is. Um, okay. I have two more left here. One more short one and one more longer one. And um, we'll see how long it takes to the shorter one here. We may save the, the long one for another time. This one, next one is called The Terrible Old Man. Uh, let's see here. Okay. So this, uh, the story is about a strange old man. It says it's, he's so old that no one can remember when he was young. And so basically taciturn or stern, I guess, that no one um, knows his real name. Apparently he lives alone in this ancient house on Water Street in the town of Kingsport. And uh, it says even even the people that live in this town, very few know much about this old man's life. But uh, it's explained and believed that he was once a uh, once a, a captain of many ships, and of course because of that has acquired a lot of wealth. And um, people there, the, the people in the town that have visited the property. Say they've seen strange collections of stones in the front yard, and even seen the the old man carrying on conversations with mysterious bottles on his table, and says that they would make definite vibrations as if in an answer. So, basically, just communicating with other entities. So the story then switches to these three robbers that learn about this this old man's house and all the treasure that's said to be there. So, um, Ricci and and Sanek, I'm not sure, and Silva are the names of the man, the last names. So, <clears throat> excuse me, Ricci and Silva go inside to convince the old man to to basically give them his treasure. While Sanek waits out outside in the car, and after quite a while, Sanek is waiting, still waiting for these his two friends, two allies, to show up with whatever they are able to get. Um, but he's startled by this this the sounds from the house of horrible screams, and assumes that the his partners are being too rough with with the old man um and then but then after a while things go quiet and then when the gate of the house opens the old man is the one that shows up smiling at Zanuck Zanuck um and so um the story basically ends with locals finding the remains, the bodies of the three robbers um, found by the seaside, horribly slashed, as with many blades, it says, basically. Um, so, basically, it seems like this old man, who may have abilities that um, are beyond what you're usually supposed to have at that age, could have uh, defended himself quite well and then taken revenge on the last surviving member of the group. Um, but, of course, no one knows about this, and he's never suspected because he's an older man. 
And um, so, yeah, just an amazing kind of a a twist on a horror story or a crime story that uh, was a very, um, very good story to read. Very sort of dark humor there in a way. So, um, but uh, so, yeah, this is this is um, another one of those stories that connects to other stories. So. If you're uh, looking for something fun to do, I would suggest looking into all the connections between all the stories. That could be fun. So um, I may have to do that at some point myself. But uh, let's see here. So that's that story. Let's see where we're at in terms of time. Um, so yeah, let me see here. Let me look at the chat. Um, yeah, there's an amazing story there. Um, so I think, uh, that's where I'm going to end it. There's one more story I had picked out, but it's a longer one and I don't really want to get into that. Um, so we'll end, end with those stories there today. Just, um, I'll talk for a little bit longer though, just about the, some of the patterns I've seen in Lovecraft stories. Um, and this has been pointed out before to me and I've, I've noticed it now is the way so many of the characters, whatever they witness, it always is too much, almost always is too much for them to handle um, in terms of processing it through their minds. Uh, or they're they're able to handle it, and but then they live the rest of their life basically trying to just keep up with that. Um, and not think about that too much and not tell too much about all these things as well, except for in the story itself. So, um, so I, I find that, um, to be an interesting pattern there. Uh, of course, there's always the, these connections with dreams. Um, so many dream stories and or connections with dreams traveling between the dream and the waking realms um in different ways and uh that one story with uh that that um the silver key i think there may be a couple others here or there where time anomalies seem to be involved that's a really amazing thing considering how far back these stories are written or released back in the early um 1900s um of course there's other stories that around that same time I believe and before but still that's not as far as I've seen that's not super common around that time I've already talked before about how in many ways Lovecraft seems to be a science fiction writer just not in the nuts and bolts spaceship sort of variety that you might think when you think of science fiction but a lot of his creatures seem to come from other parts of the universe or other dimensions. Um, they seem to be able to interact through dreams. Lovecraft himself, of course, has said that basically that um, there were beings trying to contact him in his dreams and that he wrote down basically some, a lot of his stories are about his experiences with those, but even what he wrote in the stories can't completely describe what he what he experienced in those dreams so um 
I really enjoyed doing the series. I have probably about three or four more episodes after this. But uh, that that's going to do it for tonight. Thank you all for listening. I'll be back on Sunday with True Paranormal Stories from the Web on the next episode of Salcedo Paranormal. Take care, everyone.